another edition of Rohatmu here on the worst collection ever feed. Rohatmu is random selections of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition. I am your host, Sean, and I am here because we are still, uh, Jen and myself are still not in the same place, and uh, I'm still in Buffalo, so I'm still dealing with uh, all that stuff, and uh, Jen's still back home in Colorado handling stuff at the house uh which as an update uh we do have our rug in which is very exciting um we are handling the drain fly situation for those of you that are are, are you know in the in the thralls of this uh saga that we're dealing with but you know things are looking up uh with regards to the house i'm not that we're looking down really it's just you know just maintenance and just random stuff that was really annoying uh, the big task when I get home is I'm going to have to, uh, you know, put everything back now. You know, that includes all the stuff that's been shuffled about in the house in order to make way for the rug or the, the carpet. So we are, uh, you know, we're on our way on our way there. But, you know, I have like another week left here in Buffalo as of this recording. And I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back eventually. So that being said, uh, in order to get some content out on this feed, I did want to keep recording these episodes. And uh, I am lucky enough to have a few copies of the official handbook of the Marley Universe uh, individual issues, not the omnibus, handy. So I'm going to just go ahead and use that. Uh, let's see, what else have I done recently, though? I did do a little bit of shopping here uh, i think i'm kind of tapped out on shopping for the time being um not really like feeling like i need to be out there buying all sorts of stuff but uh, i did do my fair share of it i ended up going to uh, a few different malls uh around here uh, the eastern hills mall and the i don't know if i did i talk about no i don't think i talked about the eastern hills mall since uh i've been here uh it's like if you're not familiar, like in Buffalo or in the general areas, there's like four or five like main malls that people are kind of like really into. Or we're, we're really into. So there's Galleria Mall, there was Eastern Hills Mall, there's Boulevard Mall, uh, McKinley Mall, uh, Summit Park Mall, which is one I've never been to. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, given the way that people shop these days, you know, whether or not they, you know, they shop online or they just go to department stores, you know, because that seems to be pretty, pretty big still. Um, but not a lot of people go to the malls, you know, and the malls are, you know, definitely a, a shell of what they used to be, uh, at least from what I've been able to, to glean. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I had a chance to go to the Galleria Mall and that one was... You know, that's the one where I used to work. I used to work there. I used to work in the Galleria Mall in Chitawaga at the FYE for a number of years. And uh, I got to see a whole bunch of stuff at that mall. And then, uh, yeah, I went there and it was just nothing there, man. Not even, no, no Canadians. I didn't see any Canadians buying stuff and then leaving the, gar the, the packages in the parking lot so they don't have to claim stuff at the border. That's the thing they did. Um, but yeah, I went there and then I went to the Eastern Hills Mall and the Eastern Hills Mall, uh, 
I never never really was a frequenter of the Eastern Hills Mall, but the Eastern Hills Mall, man, it's like primarily like emporiums and like consignment shops and stuff like that, which is kind of neat for me because I like to be able to go there and like just look at shit because I'm a there's a place out in Colorado, American Classics Marketplace or Americans American Marketplace Classics. I don't I can't I always forget the name of it. But it's basically like a place where you go and everybody has there's people that have their uh like showcases. It's like, you know, antiques or whatever. But most of but when we when it's not just antiques, it's also like, you know, action figures and comic books and just memorabilia. And you can just walk around and just pick from these stores and you know and you you know you whoever you know you they you pay for it and people you know make money off their individual uh gimmick stores or whatever and uh there's a place like that in colorado and there's definitely a place like that out here in uh Chitawaga, or not Chitawaga, um eastern hills mall which is in uh williamsville or clarence i think clarence and i dig it uh, I dig just walking around. I, I I looked around for some, for some some gimmicks and stuff like that. I only found like one. Did I finally? I think I only found like a gimmick, like a Spider-Man gimmick that I needed. And I bought that. Out of the whole all all the stores in the mall, I that's all I bought. But then uh, I went to the McKinley Mall, which is over in Hamburg or Blaisdell, and uh, I found another store, and uh, they had a. Uh, uh, X Men. No, not X Men. I bought. Uh, well, I bought ECW Anarchy and Anarchy Anarchy Rules on PlayStation One, which is a kind of one of the rarer games. I don't even know if it works. To be honest, I hope it does work because I can't test it right now. But I bought that, and I bought a Midway Treasures game for PlayStation Two. And uh, yeah, I mean McKinley Mall is in even even worse shape. Yeah, and that's a place I never really frequented because you know I don't live in that area. But yeah, man, yeah, the malls, man, malls are malls are on the downswing. Uh, so there's that. There's a few other stores I did go to. I went to a place called like that '80s toy store in Tonawanda. I actually spent like a whole bunch of time in Tonawanda on Saturday, which is uh, over by the the you know the the river. I forget which river, Niagara River. Yeah, probably right. Um, so I spent some time over there and uh, looking at some comic book shops and different stores. I went to this that '80s toy store and they uh, had, actually had some some X Men and uh, WCW Toy Biz stuff that I uh, that I needed, which I thought was pretty cool. So I picked that up. And uh, then I also went to this store called Haley's Comics, which is in like it's like a it could best be described as like just your old town old-timey like comic book store like it's probably been there for years like i was talking to a friend of the show joe todaro and he mentioned that he would ride his bikes down you know his friends would ride their bikes down there and because uh, he lives in tanawanda he rides his bikes down there uh to, and go to the store you know and this was like obviously he, he's my age so it's like you know had to have been around back in the 80s and you know late 80s 90s or whatever so uh yeah so that store and, and it sucked because i really I actually i really wanted to buy something from there not that I, the guy probably needed my help because if he's if his store's been there for that long you know he probably has found a way to keep uh everything running without 
random dudes coming in and spending 30 bucks. But uh, I, he didn't take credit cards, so what was I supposed to do? But he had, you know, I didn't have any cash on me. So, but he, but he had some, you know, some trades. You know, if you're if you're if you're ever in that area, you know, check it out. I mean, it's kind of off the beaten path. If you're definitely, you know, if you're not, you know, looking for it, you know, you have to be looking for it. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool just to just to kind of get a taste of that. And uh, that's really about it as far as places I've been. Um, you know, went to the Eastern Hills Mall, went to the McKinley Mall. You know, I just I've just been trying to take take in some take in some uh some culture. I had what was known as a boiga, which is uh mighty taco, which is a uh, a chain out here. It's a very it's a kind of a famous chain of taco joints, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's. You know they do like the 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 ground beef tacos and stuff, and I think they're really good. Jen digs it too, but they uh, they have what's called a boiga, b o i g a, and it's basically a like a like a sloppy joe, but made with like the taco meat, and they have them in like chicken and beef, and they have shredded pork. And I, 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 because I'm a, I'm a fat piece of shit, bought two of them last night at like 10 o'clock at night. Because I didn't know when I was going to actually be able to try one, you know? I just wasn't sure. So I was like, well, I'm going to try it, try it now. Because I was right next. I was like right down the street from one. From Mighty Taco. So I was like, well, I'm going to try this Boiga. And uh, it's overhyped. Because Joe... You know who who does his channel uh, Sweatpant Joe Eats. If you follow him on YouTube, you can hear him talk about like different chicken sandwiches and f- food that he eats. But he was telling me he was like, "Man, I keep coming into town. I keep missing out on this boyga because I didn't realize I didn't. I hadn't. This is the first I've ever heard of it. But apparently, it's been a thing that only shows up like se- like every couple seasons or whatever. You know, it's a limited time and. It's on a Costanzo roll, which is like a special kind of roll that's made out here in Buffalo. And uh, again, overhyped, mostly bready. I don't know if it's just the one I got didn't have a lot of meat on it. Um, would much rather have the taco meat. You know, I mean, the taco, like on, like our in taco or in a burrito. But uh, yeah, kind of, kind of a letdown. So anyways, uh, you know what? I am going to take a break. I haven't taken a break in a while, so I'm going to take a break, play a promo, and I'll come back and I'll pick my selection for this week. The World on Fire. An All-Star Squadron podcast. Join your host, Billy D. And Herman, as we take a deep dive into the seminal DC Comics series created by Roy Thomas and Rich Buckler. We'll be covering the series issue by issue, spotlighting our favorite characters. And talking about the historical tie-ins as well. So join us every month in A World on Fire, and All-Star Squadron podcast. Coming in December 2020 to a podcatcher near you.
All right, I'm back here on Worst Collection Ever and Rohatmu, random selections of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition. And uh, this week, I'm going to pick from one of the issues that I brought with me. Uh, in particular, this one is uh, issue number 14 of the Deluxe Edition. Uh, I believe the... What is the date? 85, 86... January, 80, I think it's January 86, January 1986, and uh, this one in particular has some heavy hitters in it, which I'm kind of hoping I, I kind of don't or do want, because my, my whole thing is like I don't particularly want to pick, uh, pick somebody that I have to read a lot of, because I just don't want to read a lot, but, you know, if I pick it, I pick it, so whatever, but um. We got Vision here, we've got Wolverine, we've got Valkyrie, we've got the Watcher, you know, we've got we got some dudes and girls. You know, we got some dudes and girls. Wasp. Can't forget about Wasp. We got the Warriors three. Werewolf by Night, which we've already done. So if I do pick him, I will not be doing him again. Just FYI. So Okay. Here we go. Let's go ahead and uh open this up. Let's see what we get. I'm probably going to pick Wolverine because it's fucking page. Well, actually, no, he's, a, he's the last one. So if I do it to the very end, I will pick Wolverine. But if I, I probably am not going to do that. So let's see what we get here, though. One, two, three. Fuck. I got Wasp. <laughs> hey, you know what? She's popular right now. You know, she's a, you know, she's a, she's a current Avenger type. They don't really do much with her in the movies, aside from the movies that they make of her. But I feel like she's not as prominent as she is as she was in the comics, or at least in the '80s. You know, in the '80s and '90s. You know, because she was like a chairman and everything. So, yeah. Anyways, let's uh, well, let's talk about her. So, of course, Janet Van Dyne is her real name. Uh, we've got a nice photo of her wearing a yellow and uh, what appears to be a blue, a dark blue costume. With her hand on her hip. And when we dip, we dip, we dip. Uh, but yeah, she looks great. Uh, who who drew this? Uh, John Busema. Busema, whatever. I don't know. And then right beneath that, we have a shot of her in her uh, red and blue getup. And she's uh, doing a wasp sting on uh, Ultron. Because, uh, you know, for, you know, I mean, she's, she may just be the wasp, but she, you know, in addition to her being super small and super agile and able to move around and do all that stuff, you know, she's got the wasp sting. And then she's also got a, uh, um, She's also got like super. She has super strength because it's something that I, I, I you know, you pro I probably didn't realize this, but she has like a super strength because, um, you know, it's like the proportional strength of the of the you know the wasp or the whatever, and that uh, she has, and here she is using her her tiny strength to bend a, a thing, uh, bend a, a tube. Then we also got her. Uh, doing a flyover and shooting 
I don't know who that is. Uh, just a dude in a black cowl in the face. We got some shots of her flying. We got a close up of Janet in her face, looking looking great. We got a maybe an old more of an old timeier photo of her with Ant Man. This is back when she was wearing. Uh, she had like more flares on her on her shoulders on her costume and the the skirt and everything. Um, and she's got the antennas. Which I think if I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna read about it. But the antennas were originally like implant; they're implanted in her. Like they're physically, it's like body horror shit. Like it's implanted in her. But she, you know, I think they're like so small now that they don't actually like protrude from her. But in this particular particular period, they do. Uh, we got her. Uh, bursting through a cinder block which i think is uh she's blasting through it but she's she's going through it um we got her shrinking down we got her punching i believe this is uh fuck is it the collector it looks like jack palance but it, i think it's the collector i think he's punching him in the face and we also got her this is actually my favorite shot Shooting, uh, what I assume is going to I assume is uh, Absorber Man right in the fucking eyes with her blast, like she is going for it. And then uh, we also got her fighting Moon Glow or Moon Moonstone, excuse me. And then lastly, we got her uh, uh, expanding to uh, human size uh, in front of Iron Man. So that's that's what we got here as far as pictures go. So Jana Van Dyne, adventurer, fashion designer, independently wealthy socialite. How convenient. She's like the Batman of fashion. Uh, identity publicly known. She doesn't wear a mask, so, you know, of course, you know, everybody knows who she is. Citizen of the United States with no criminal record. Other aliases, none. Uh, place of birth, Creskill, New Jersey. I wonder, where Cres- I wonder if Creskill is a real place. I bet it is. I wonder if she's a Jersey short chick. Marital status, divorced, known relatives, uh, Vernon Dan Van Vernon Van Dyne, Vernon Reed, Vernon Van Dyne, a father deceased, and Hem 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 Hank Henry Pym, ex-husband. Group affiliation: East Coast Avengers. Former partner of Henry Pym. Base of operations: New York City area. While on active service with the Avengers, the Wasp is based at the Avengers Mansion in Manhattan. She owns an apartment in Manhattan and owns an estate in Creskill, New Jersey. First appearance in Origin, Tales to Astonish, number 44. That's a classic episode, or classic book. So history. So there's a lot here. Of course, I'm stuck with reading four pages again. But this is the cross I bear with uh, doing these. Janet Van Dyne is the daughter of world-renowned scientist Vernon Van Dyne, accompanied by Janet Vernon Van Dyne, visited and the celebrated biochemist Henry Pym to see if Pym would collaborate on Van Dyne's pet project, the use of gamma radiation-based beam, uh, a base beam to detect signals of intelligent life from other planets. Sounds ambitious. So basically he's shooting Hulk beams into space, and somehow that's going to tell you if there's other monsters on other planets uh, or whatever, peoples. You know, Marvel likes to believe that they're just, they all look like us. Uh, Pym declined because basically he's like, you know, it's too far outside its own expertise. But Janet got stuck on Hank 
and she was like, "I am gonna, I am gonna sarge on you hard." And uh, Hank was actually pretty smitten with Janet because he looked a lot like her ex, his ex-wife, who uh, I believe she was killed, but she ended up being alive. I feel like that's always the case. Uh, Janet Van Dyne went ahead with his, or Van Dyne went ahead with his project. That's I'm assuming it's her father, and, and later, several days later, succeeded in projecting the beam through hyperspace to a distant planet. The planet was inhabited by Cosmosians, a sentient non-humanoid race. Oh shit, non-humanoid! Watch out. Uh, Pillai, who sounds like uh, a delicious type of rice. A criminal from that world utilized Van Dyne's beam to teleport himself through hyperspace to Earth to escape prosecution from his home world. That makes sense, you know, but it's, that's the dangers of space traveling. You never know if you're shooting a beam into space and you're going to get yourself a criminal back. That's that's a, like a very like real fear. You know, that's just basically like you, you can open, you know, any 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 portal to space any portal to anywhere and you might you might get something great you might get something bad and uh you know we we this is what this is what mr van dyne is uh, experiencing arriving on earth in van dyne's laboratory the extraterrestrial murdered van dyne not wanting a witness alive who had the means to contact the authorities on his home planet that's cold-blooded after call, killing van dyne the alien escaped the menace to to menace the rest of the city Janet Van Dyne heard the noise, and uh, she found her dead, her father dead. She called Hank Pym, and uh, Hank Pym thought this was a joke. Which uh, Hank Pym, man, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, man. You're you're already dealing with subatomic particles. Why would you think space travel and space criminals is a joke? I don't. Know, I feel like that you can kind of make the logical leap pretty easily. Logical leap pretty easily. Uh, he subsequently discovered that her story was true. In a secret a costume identity known as uh, as the original Ant-Man, Pym went to investigate the scene of Vernon Van Dyne's death. Blah, blah, blah. Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about this a lot, aren't we? Um, so he went there. He, uh, I don't know if he actually, like, fought this guy. It doesn't say if he actually fought this guy. Um, but he went there, and uh, Janet was like, I, I want to avenge my father. And Ant Man was like, "Yo, I could use like a like a partner and stuff." So like, and also you look like my ex wife, and I'm kind of hot for you. So how about you know you know maybe you uh, you and I hook up and we become a crime fighting duo. So she went uh, undergo she underwent this uh, conversion into a super powerful human being. In order to become the crime fighting partner, Janet readily accepted. So, so this guy was out there. So this this criminal, I believe, is still out there. Because I'm looking through here. What was this guy's name? Pillai. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they ever get around to uh, finding this guy because we because we because now we get into this whole thing where Pim. You know, does his, uh, you know, he looks into the cellular structure of wasps because he is Ant-Man. And he's like, well, you know, what's another bug that I can uh, deal with here? You know, I'm not going to, 
you know, beetles. Beetles could be a thing. Uh, silverfish. She could have did. A, she could have been a silverfish, but no, he went with wasps. And uh, conceal. This is this has always kind of freaked me out because she has the wings that grow out of her. He inserted cells underneath her shoulder blades and temples, corresponding with those of the wasp wings and antennae. Antennae. And then he basically used uh, gases containing pim particles, which resulted in uh, her being able to fly with the wings and the and the antennae coming out, and then she could shrink herself into you know to wasp size and make herself bigger and everything. So. Okay, so here's where they finally go around. They actually go and find this ant, this monster. And uh, just before the confrontation, the Cosmosian, uh, Janet told Pym that he was falling in love with her. Gee, well, we, yeah, but you have to get killed this, this, this criminal. Like, I understand the power of love. It's a, it's a, it's a funny thing. But when you have aliens wreaking havoc... Alien criminals, like convicted criminals, that have yet to stand trial and are wreaking havoc on Earth, you might just want to keep the melodrama to a minimum. So anyways, they were like, yo, we're pretty good partners, and uh, you know, we also want to like fuck each other and be in love with each other. So you know, that's what they did. And uh, eventually, they hooked up with Iron Man and Thor to hunt down the Hulk, and who was being manipulated by Loki. And after that, they, uh, you know, they, they confronted Loki and that was known as the first ever Avengers adventure. So that's, that's how that all starts. That's how they got involved with that. So she was the first, one of the first Avengers and, uh, the sole female, female founder of the Avengers. But yeah, so they wrap up, they do this Avengers thing. It's going well. Uh, we talk in this particular issue, in this particular uh, thing, I feel like we're talking a lot about Hank, even though, I mean, obviously they're, uh, they're, they're the histories are extremely in, entwined, so that's just how it is, but it just feels like we're talking way more about him. This, this, this entry, this entry here fails the Bechdel test. Because it's supposed to be about Wasp, and yet we have so much in here about Hank. Um, but basically, Hank decides to retire from uh, being a uh, uh, hero, and so Janet's like, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, this is something that I found fascinating here. She was only uh, 23 when her trust fund kicked in that, made, that allowed her to become as wealthy as she is, meaning that Prior to this, she was only like 21, 20-ish or whatever, like hanging out with Hank Pym doing these adventures that, you know, I mean, she faced Loki as a, like, basically as like, before she can drink legally. And uh, I find that to be, uh, I find that, because I, I mean, I remember when I was 21, I would not be equipped to face Loki. I would be very, uh, very nervous. I wouldn't. I didn't have any superpowers. So what the hell was I even doing in my first place? Doing in the first place. But yeah, man, uh, it was. It's pretty wild. 
I don't know. I just found it to be pretty interesting. So they, uh, you know, so they're they're going along. Uh, eventually, Janet does rejoin the uh, the Avengers on a regular basis, as does Hank, because something to do with the uh, the 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 collector. Something here where it says, yes, uh, as soon Van Dyne as the Wasp was captured by the first under, first by the undersea barbarian leader Atuma and then by the alien collector in order to help the Avengers rescue Van Dyne, Pym used his growing power again because he can grow big and become Goliath. And by this time, they could both change their sizes at will due to repeated exposure to the Pym particles over an extended period of time. And uh, Van Dyne was rescued by the from the collector, and she decided to rejoin the Avengers. So and then she got rich, rich biatch, and uh, then we have to go into this whole thing about the whole Yellow Jacket saga, where I guess Hank knocked over some vials in his in his laboratory, and the gases made him like super like irrational and like angry and made him change his identity and he tried to pretend that Hank Pym you tried to pretend that Hank Pym was dead in this yellow jacket guys even though Janet was like yeah but you're clear you clear you you clearly look like my husband you clearly are him or you might you clearly look like my boyfriend so what the fuck you know, okay, but she went along with it because she didn't want to, you know, mess things up, and she got married to him and this whole thing. But then there was a fight during the wedding, and uh, that sort of the trauma of her being in danger shocked Hank back to being Hank again, even though he was still Yellow Jacket. So that's something. That's something I didn't know. I didn't know. I've never actually delved into this whole thing. I, I, I particularly don't find... Wasp and Ant Man very exciting. I don't know. I just don't. I just I find that maybe it's because they're small, and they don't really. I don't really care much for tiny adventures. So I don't know. I just I find that to be uh, find it to be pretty you know pretty boring. It's in my book. But Janet went on to become a fashion designer. She basically was like, "Yo, I'm the Wasp. I'm also a fashion designer." Y'all can deal with it. And everybody was like, yeah, that's cool. We like you. We're not going to, you know, even though you're, you know, even though you're super rich and everything, we're not going to try to defame you and anything like that, you know, because you're whatever. I mean, we're just going to, we're just going to accept it, which seems kind of rare because I feel like that would be, you know, if that happened today, there, you know, if that happened in real life, there would be a lot more, uh, well, I mean, they, they did that with Tony in the first Avengers, in the first Iron Man movie. So I guess you can be okay with that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, scientific research has always been Pym's career, and he no longer found the excitement of crime fighting that he had earlier in his career. Uh, Pym began to have periods of tension and depression, judging himself by impossibly high standards. Again, we're talking all about Hank here, not so much about uh, about Janet. But this is where uh, Hank gets really depressed and really abusive towards Janet and uh, Captain America... Uh, tell tells them that uh, tells them he's like, look, you know, you, you almost got us hurt during one of these missions because of your, you know, your mental state. This is where Hank builds a, a robot 
during the court martial, which I find to be, uh, which I find find funny because I just imagine him just like working on his robot while they're judge while they're having a, a court trial on him, and he's just like clanging away, you know. But I guess that uh, eventually they separate because they were legally married during this during that initial wedding when uh, he was yellow jacket and everything so that that's something that happened but they were legally married and then then that that changed because things got really sour and uh, things just happened so unfortunately uh they split and uh now the wasp it says here as of this time was uh in a brief romantic relationship with tony stark as well as uh, the adventurer, the Paladin. So the Paladin sneaking his way in here somehow. He's a guy actually. I probably should do one of these these read read throughs on because I don't know much about him. And he's a uh, he's just kind of like a like a like a Green Arrow kind of type where he just you know he doesn't he just you know he's a like a mercenary or something. We're not talking about the Paladin though. We're talking about Wasp. Wasp recently served a lengthy term as chairwoman of the East Coast Division of the Avengers. Uh, during this time, she learned that she could retain her wings and fly even at the height of a foot shorter than her normal height due to her body's gradual adaptation to her superhuman powers. Again, that body horror shit. Uh, the Wasp's term was marked by several significant events, including the establishment of the Avengers West Coast Division, the Submariner, uh, in into the East Coast team and uh, other hoo-ha stuff. She was also there when uh, Baron Zemo captured the Avengers mansion. Like he just straight up like picked it up and walked away with it. And uh, yeah, that's basically um, basically it for her at this time. Uh, height five four, weight one ten, eyes blue, hair auburn. Strength level, at her normal size, the wasp possesses a normal human strength of a woman her age, height, and build who engages in moderate, regular exercise. As she grows smaller, her strength increases, and at one foot in height, she can bend a two-inch diameter steel bar nearly double. So that is why she's so strong. Superhuman powers, the wasp possesses the superhuman power to reduce herself in size to any size down to that of the wasp, approximately one half inch in length. Uh, the source of this ability is a rare group of subatomic particles called Pym particles after the man who discovered them, the Dr. Henry Pym. The nature and the source of the Pym particles remains a mystery, but their properties and behavior can only be can be determined. So for the rest of this superhuman power section, we spend a lot of time talking about how um, the PIM particles work. There's a lot to, to be said here. Um, I mean, basically, you know, she could, you know, reduce herself to size when she wants. And uh, there's no limit as to how long she can stay in that uh, state. So she could be as small as she wants as for as long as she wants. Whereas I think that Hank Pym actually has like limits and stuff like that. Because it does say here that her body adopted better to the Pym particles than it actually did for Pym himself. Because uh, clearly, you know, well, clearly, like, well, with, with Pym, like, he's also using the Pym particles to get big. 
and the strain of doing that is pretty intense i think both ways and they kind of try to like uh show that in uh the uh, episode of uh, uh was it uh i think it's civil war and everything like that where he gets real big and stuff so um yeah no it's uh it's something that uh, that exists fatigue exists uh but not so much for janet so she uh she gets you know she gets stronger as she gets smaller and uh she also has her her uh her antennae that uh kind of just died i thought they were still around in her when uh despite being uh uh, despite being implanted in her, but no, I guess they just died and they don't grow anymore. But her wings, her wings are doing just fine, which is good for her because you know she needs those wings to be the wasp. She can't just be a small woman, small fashion designer. But uh, her wings uh, allow her to uh, fly. The wings are strong enough to support her in flight, even though she was uh, she has achieved her body height of four and a. F- Four, I thought it was five four, but it says four four here. The wasp could fly at speeds to up to speeds of uh, thirty eight miles per hour for one hour before becoming uh, tired. The smaller the wasp becomes, the more energy it takes for her to fly at that speed. However, she grows stronger as she grows smaller, and her strength enables her to fly at this rate for an hour without tiring, even though even when she's at her smallest size. The wasp has maneuvering capabilities in flight similar to those of a real wasp, including hovering and darting forwards and backwards. Through intensive training, she can fly upside down. That's right. Um, also, he uh, Hank Pym adjusted her power so that she has like bioelectric energy in her. So she has the wasp's, wasp sting, which is a weapon that she actually has. But it it really wasn't like a weapon itself that generated energy, like it just harnessed the energy in her body. And then, but now it's to the point where she doesn't even need that weapon on her to shoot her stings out. So I think that's cool. I always wanted to be able to shoot concussive force of bioelectric energy. I think that'd be dope. Uh, for more example, for example, she has been observed to do such blasts when she was wearing no more than a swimsuit. Is it sexy? The exact limits of this uh, biometric power are unknown as to how, th- because basically she can just do it on her own. And she can shoot, as we can see, she could shoot through a two feet concrete block and cause sharp pain to superhumanly strong beings as Absorbing Man is experiencing here right now. Abilities The Wasp has an uh, ba- above average athlete who, through training and the Avengers has mastered many combat skills. She is also a considerable uh, has a considerable ability to be a leader and strategist. Previously, the Wasp wore identical weapons on either wrist, known as the Wasp's Sting. The original weapon stings were compressed jet air blasters designed by Hank Pym that fired small needles, tiny needles. Hank went to uh, Costco and bought himself some tiny needles, or bought himself a whole shit ton of needles, and made them all real tiny, which. Uh, Sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds awful to be hit by that. So, uh, no thanks. But eventually, it just became the uh, bioelectric power that I was talking about. 
It could deliver a concussive force of around 75 pounds per square inch. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, it sounds heavy. Sounds heavy. Paraphernalia. The wasp has unstable molecules integrated in her clothing and even her jewelry through an unknown process so that they will shrink and enlarge as she does. So she's got them unstable molecules that we just say that exist so that Captain America or Ca- Captain Fantastic, Cap- uh, Mr. Fantastic can stretch his clothes and Sue can make her clothes invisible and not just be naked all the time. So uh, that's it for the Wasp. You know, I, I talked a lot, talked a lot of nonsense here. And uh, I mean, she's a pretty versatile character. I dig her, you know. She's got a lot to a lot going on uh, as far as her powers go. I mean, she could fly. She can she can exhibit strength. You know, she's smart. She knows how to make uh, make clothes, and she's got bioelectric power in her hands. So uh, that's a pretty versatile character. I wouldn't say it's the most powerful character, but she's definitely a versatile character and something that if you don't think about if you, if you when you think about how valuable she is as a character to like the Avengers and stuff like that. It's pretty significant. And I kind of feel like I maybe might write her off as a fan, a comic book person uh, a bit too much, but only because I feel like the stuff that I read doesn't really have her being used, I guess. I mean, she's always just kind of shows up and like is, uh, you know, barking out orders or, you know, dealing with some drama or whatever. You know, she's not really, like, out there clanging and banging like Captain America and Iron Man are. I mean, maybe she is. Maybe it's just the stuff that I'm not... Maybe I'm reading. I don't know. I kind of feel like I would need to need to be uh, attuned to more of that. So, anyways, that's Wasp. That's it for this week's edition of Rohatsmu Random Selections of the Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition. Thanks for joining me. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get the show. Also find us on Twitter. I'm at Angry Hero Sean, and Jen is at, uh, at Jen Stansfield. You can find us on Facebook at Worst Collection Ever. You can email the show at worstcollectionever at gmail.com. Find me on YouTube, Angry Hero 79. That's where I open up action figures. Uh, I'll get back to doing that stuff once I get back home. So... Stay tuned for that. And uh, once again, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye.